breathing room. And the idea behind breathing room is this. At the turn of the year, there is either a great inspiration and desire to make changes or add things to our life, or there might be a lot of pressure to do that. You know, it's a new year. Got to have a new you. The reality is, is that sometimes it's hard to make a big change just because you wake up and the day is different. You've got to have the space to process that, put things down to pick things up. And so really sometimes before we need a resolution, we need some breathing room. And so this series is about helping us to discover how we can live fully without bursting at the seams. And so today we're going to talk about words. Do y'all ever talk to yourself? I do because sometimes I need expert advice. And you know, they say it's not a problem to talk to yourself as long as you don't answer back. But listen, if that's the problem, call the paddy wagon because here I go. Because not only do I give good advice, I'm a great conversationalist. No, 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 no. I think out loud. And so sometimes if, if you sneak up on me at my office, I might be having a soliloquy. You think I've got a Bluetooth device in talking on my cell phone. I got a me device and I'm talking myself. Seriously, though, the words that we say to ourselves about ourselves affect how we live. And not always for the positive. The Bible and the Christian faith have a lot to say about the words that we say to ourselves. And so today, I hope that you will be able to identify some of the underlying messages that guide your life and learn just a little bit about how to transform them through the gospel. And so I invite you to hear the word of Scripture. We're going to hear two ver- read two verses together today. The first from Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, from the Good News Translation. And the second from 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. So hear now the word of the Lord from Proverbs. Be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. And a reading from 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, we'll actually pick up the tail end of verse 4. We destroy arguments and every proud obstacle raised up against the knowledge of God, and we take every thought captive to obey Christ. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen. So I'm a huge fan of technology. I do just about everything on my phone or my computer. I I rarely keep paper files anymore. If you were to ask me right now, Brother Jim, I need to, for some reason, see your income tax returns from 2011, I could pull out my phone, have it ready to show you. I don't know why you need to see it, but in about two minutes flat. I love it. It's so helpful. It's great until it's not. Have you all ever seen this? Take it away. you all ever seen this? So if you have a PC, you've probably seen something like this. Now, if you've got a Mac, you've probably seen the spinning pinwheel of death. Now, technically, this is an information screen telling you why your computer has crashed. Great. I'm looking at it over here. Uh, I, I don't know what any of that means. All I know is that it's broken. So for me and for most people, it's not the information screen. It's the blue screen of death. Y'all ever seen the blue screen of death? Listen, uh, there are things that just stop working in your computer. 
If you've ever, if this has ever happened to you, it's pretty far gone. You might be able to get it yourself. Probably not. Control, alt, delete ain't going to help too much most of the time. The things that break down in the software end of your computers are often things that are happening behind the scenes. Deep behind your game of free cell and all of your windows and icons, deep back there are computing processes that are working behind the scenes to make things run smoothly. And you want them to. You like what they do. But when they stop working, things crash. Some of these processes are called scripts, computer scripts, and they are exactly what they sound like. They are lists of commands that your computer goes through, and it tells your computer what to do. You don't often know they're running. You don't see them most of the time, but you can see what they do, and you can definitely notice when they stop working. Enter blue screen of death. Now, why the computer lesson? It's not because I'm hoping to give you a mass certification and a new computer programming certificate. It's because computers aren't the only things with scripts that run in the background. People have scripts too. We all have internalized messages that either consciously or unconsciously shape our action and our lives. They might come in the form or they might come from Maybe the voices around you. They might come from things that happened in your past. They might come from broken places that you've got. But we all have scripts. They run in the background of our lives, and they influence our attitudes and our actions, and they can crash your life. Blue screen of death. Proverbs 4 tells us, be careful how you think, because your life is shaped by your thoughts. Now, Pastor Peter Scazzaro is the author of a book that I love. It's called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, and I would wholeheartedly commend that to every single one of you. And if I had the money, I'd buy you all two copies, one to read yourself and one to give to a friend. But he writes about the idea of negative scripts. And he shares a little bit about his own story. So when he was a young man, uh, he told his mom, he said, Hey, Mom, I want to learn to repair car engines. And she began to repeat this thing that became a refrain in their house. Anytime she or somebody in her family was going to take a risk that they might not succeed at, she would say, No, 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 don't do that. You'll mess it up. No, 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 you can't do that. I don't want you to to do that. You're going to get hurt. You're going to hurt yourself. You'll mess things up. He's heard it over and over and over again in his life until it runs automatically in the background. You're going to mess things up. Best intentions, Mom, absolutely. But you're going to mess things up. Throughout his life, he's been afraid to take risks and to step out into new things. And it's gotten to the point that even now, after he's recognized that he has that script running in the background, that every time a risk comes up, he has to stop and ask himself, is this risk an act of faith for God, or am I simply trying to prove my mom wrong? He's got that negative script. You'll mess things up. He tells the story uh, of a, a woman named Allison. Allison has a hard time opening up to other people. Allison's parents divorced when she was uh, a young girl, and she remembers very clearly the day her mom and dad sat her and her brother down at the table and broke the news 
And her dad looked at her and said, I love you. I promise I will always be here for you. The problem happened when dad broke that promise. It started just a few months later. Uh, There's no problem with any of it. He got remarried, started having a new child, but that promise was lived with his new family and not with his daughter and his other son. They didn't see him. uh, They didn't hear from him for 20 years. She's been reluctant to to trust people. She's, She's been resistant to people ever since then. She approaches life very cautiously. It's an expression of that negative script, don't trust anyone, they will hurt you. And it runs in the background of her life. And this isn't a new phenomenon. I mean, go back to Sarah in the Bible. Do you all remember the story of Sarah and Abraham? Uh, Genesis, Sarah uh, was promised by God. God said, I will help you, you and your husband, Abraham, will have a child. Oh, okay, yeah. Cheer me on, buddy. I thought, yeah. They said, um, uh, that was my little dance. Amen. I'll see you later. Now, um, God told Sarah that she and Abraham would have a child in their old age, and she responded by saying, ha-ha, I'm too old. And that was her script. I'm too old. It's not possible. I'm too old. And so what, what did she end up doing? She ended up letting that script run in the back of her mind, not trusting that God would take care of it and said, if it's supposed to be fine, I'll just do it myself. And she took matters into her own hands, and she, she told her husband Abraham, bear with me here, have a child with my servant Hagar. And so they did. And what happened? She grew to resent her husband for that. She grew to resent Hagar for that, her servant girl. She grew to resent their infant child, Ishmael. Her negative script was so strong that it short-circuited God's promise for her life. You see that? And throughout life, we build up these scripts. Throughout life, they, they run in the background and they influence us, whether we are aware of it yet or not. I am a mistake. I am a burden. I am just not smart. I am worthless. I have to be perfect. I need your approval or else I'm not okay. I don't deserve to be happy. What I think is not important anyway. Everybody just likes me because of what I have and what I do, not because of who I am. What words do you say to yourself? What scripts run in the background of your life? These scripts have a powerful effect on us. We all have them to some degree or another. And you need to hear this. Some of you might be thinking, well, I am seasoned and wise and mature. I don't have any of that going on. The reality is you probably do, but it's been cemented in for years. And you don't realize that you're acting out of a script running in the back of your head. They all have an effect on our lives, but we don't always recognize them. And the trouble here is not just that they affect the quality of our lives. If it was just a quality issue, I'd have no business talking to you about it here from the pulpit. But the trouble here is that they short-circuit the gospel in our life. They short-circuit the gospel in our life. Let me give you an example. I am convinced that the most important words that I say to you happen during Holy Communion. I'm convinced that my ordination is about these words. 
So every time we take communion, each month, we begin with the prayer of confession. You following with me? I know that you all like to sleep through it, but you should. And we follow that prayer of confession where I stand before you and I remind you of the truth of the gospel. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. Here it is. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Some of y'all are, I don't know about that. Some of y'all are going to hear that, but your negative scripts are running in the back of your life, and you're not, you're just, you're not going to be able to believe, and you haven't been able to believe that you're forgiven. Instead, you'll say something like, hey, that sounds good, but <laughs> I'm a little too far gone. That's great, but me, I'm not worth forgiving. Wow, you can stand up there and say that, and we can talk about Jesus, but you don't know the things that I've done or the things that have happened to me or the shame that is heaped up in my life. Or, yeah, I hear that, but I'm not going to let that in because every time I open up for that level of vulnerability, I get hurt and I'm not doing it again. You see, negative scripts short-circuit the gospel in our life. And so that's why it's important for us to talk about that today because we need to seek God's power to allow the message of the gospel to break through the broken scripts that crash our lives. Do we want to let our lives be accidentally shaped by broken messages and thoughts and scripts or do we want them to be shaped by the truth and promise of God? Can we avoid life's blue screens of death? Can we go off script and allow the gospel to to have more power in our lives. How can we do that? And the first thing for you to do is to begin recognizing your negative scripts. It sounds simple, but what you say, what do you say to yourself that limits the gospel's power in your life? What do you say to yourself? What do you think in the back of your mind that limits the power of the gospel in your life? Remember, the Bible tells us, be careful how you think because your life is shaped by your thoughts. It's important to begin recognizing these scripts so that we can address them. If, you want, if you're writing a letter to somebody and you've got to go look up the white pages or whitepages.com and try to figure out where the address is, you know what you need to do? You need to find the name first. And only once you find the name, you can address it. You've got to be able to recognize those things that are running in the back of your lives or you will not be able to address them. And so to do that, we can lean on an old saying, and this is one of my favorites. This is a goodie. Thoughts disentangle themselves over the lips and through pencil tips. Has anybody ever heard that before? No? Well, now you have. How about that? I love this. Thoughts disentangle themselves over the lips and through pencil tips. It's a great way for us to begin recognizing these negative scripts. We we can speak them and write them. Here's what I would encourage you to do. Keeping a journal is a great practice for recognizing the things that run in the background of your lives. In fact, if you were to go find a spiritual giant in your life or throughout Christian history, I, I can with almost 100% certainty guarantee you they have writing in their life. Not necessarily that they're like, oh, dear diary, today I ate four eggs and so-and-so was mean to me. But that somewhere along the way they either have a little, four eggs is a lot, but you can do whites. Somewhere along the way, maybe they've got a small notebook, a card, or just a a seasonal, occasional, where they might process something in writing. That's a great way to do that. Another way is is to enlist a trusted friend, spiritual director, or a counselor to walk through things with. 
Have you ever noticed that there's something about saying a thing out loud? It just, it matters. It's powerful. Have you ever had something in your life that you realized days later, I haven't said this out loud to anybody because you're afraid to let the words just pass over your lips? Have you ever had that happen? That's because words are powerful and speaking is powerful. And sometimes to to speak to a trusted listener will help you to recognize these things in your life. And now notice I said trusted listener. I didn't say Facebook to everybody in the world. Because there are some things that the world don't need to know about what's going on in your heart. You need to trust somebody with so they can help you. But if thoughts disentangle themselves over the lips and through pencil tips, those are great ways to begin recognizing what negative scripts are happening in your life. And similarly, and most importantly, is prayer. To speak these things to God and trust that God listens. Bringing your life and your experiences to God in prayer will unleash the power of the Holy Spirit in your life so that the power of those scripts can be revealed and broken. You can't begin addressing these broken scripts in your life until you can name them. So it's important to recognize them. And you might be able to do it immediately. And it might take a lot of time. And you might find that there are loops going on in the back of your heart that you never recognized. Begin to recognize them. Now the second thing that we can do comes from 2 Corinthians. And it says this. Take your thoughts captive and make them obedient to Christ. Now you all have to listen to me very carefully because this is super important. Your automatic thoughts are not always true. Period. The way that you feel at any given time is not always true. Period. In fact, a lot of the uh, involuntary thoughts and feelings that we experience are influenced and conditioned by the negative scripts that happen in our life. So what do we do? Paul writes, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And there, many of the words that we say to ourselves, the thoughts and feelings that we experience involuntarily, set us up against the knowledge of God. For example, our sense of worthlessness sets itself up against the fact that we are deeply loved by God. Lie, truth. Our sense of overriding guilt sets itself up against the fact that we are fully forgiven by the work and uh, work and love of Jesus Christ. Our need for achievement sets itself up against the fact that we are saved by grace and not by our own works. You see the things that, that set themselves up in our own lives against the truth of God? So what we do then is we take those thoughts captive and make them obedient to Christ. When we find a negative script kicking into gear, oh, I can't do that, I'm going to mess that up. Or, ooh, I'm afraid to do that because somebody might see the real me or I might make a mistake or I'm not going over there because they only want to use me because I have popularity or or don't or, or I'm not worth doing that or I'm not good enough for that. Whenever you feel a negative script kicking into gear, we stop it in its tracks. We name it for the lie that it is and replace it with the truth Christ. And over time, these scripts lose their power and get replaced with the gospel. Let me give you a few examples to help you out. And you might find yourself thinking or saying, "Mm, I'm a mistake. 
you replace that with one Psalm 139 that says, you created my inmost being, you knit me together in my mother's womb. You might say, I am a burden. Replace it with Psalm 68 that says, blessed be the Lord who daily bears me up. Or, I am worthless. Replace it with Ephesians 1 that says, in Christ we have obtained a great inheritance. I have to be perfect. I cannot make a mistake. Replace that with Romans 8.1 that says, There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I just need other people's approval. I can't get on unless I know you like me. Replace that with the words of the gospel that Jesus hears at his baptism where God says, You are my child, and in you I am well pleased. You see, you you take it and you name it for the lie that it is and replace it with the truth of the authoritative word of God that Christ speaks to us in the way that God endears us and looks upon us. Take your thoughts captive and make them obedient to Christ. Now, we can spend our whole lives playing the victim to the words that we say to ourselves. Or we can be set free in Christ to live freely and to live in the truth. So what negative scripts are on a strange loop in the back of your head? Which of these involuntary broken circuits are at work in your life and short-circuiting the gospel and the truth for you? What is it like a, like a strange five-second gif that loops over and over in the back of your head that you are starting to realize is influencing who you are? and how you do things. It's time to begin letting go of those negative scripts. It's time to take them captive. Name them for the untruth that they are and replace them. Make them captive. Make them obedient to Christ and replace it with the truth. And if you can do that, over time, even just a little, bit by bit, you'll find that you'll begin living more fully in God's plan for your life without being filled to the point where you're bursting at the seams. Take your thoughts captive and make them obedient to Christ. Will you pray with me? Oh God, our Father, we thank you for your word which is true and speaks truth to us. And we thank you, oh God, that your word speaks truer to us than our feelings than our thoughts, than what our boss says to us, than even what our parents say to us, what our past says to us, what our experience says to us, what our fear says to us. We thank you that your word is more powerful. Today, O Heavenly Father, gathered in this room, there's probably somebody who needs to hit pause on that thing going on in the back of their head. God, speak to them, still that nagging negative script in their life and replace it with the truth of your word. You are my child. I am well pleased with you. You are forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ. You can be made white as snow. You are not too far gone. What somebody else did to you does not define your worth. Where you fail does not define the victory that you win in Jesus Christ. Place it with the truth. 
And Father, for somebody here who's hearing this message and they're resisting it so deeply because they don't think it could even be possible for them because they're not worth it, they don't stand out enough for you to care this much about them, Lord, I ask that you would break down that barrier in their heart this morning by your Holy Spirit that they might know the truth of how you regard them and your promise for their life. Repair the short circuits of the gospel in our life. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. As we prepare-